Oh, look at you. Yeah, there was like a good like 20 years where you weren't really, you didn't really tell anybody you were a Saints fan. <laughs> right, exactly, yes. <laughs> like 2007. Uh, have you guys met in real life? Yeah, I think we have, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've met, Definitely. for sure. Welcome back, everybody. The most awesome and Brandana a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 227 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Sell for just an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. And with me, as always, cause football max subscriptions in hand. Most awesome. I'm, I'm literally flipping through it to the page that I want to have it just so I have a little quick reference on there you know me so well b i do buddy do you get the same number each year the same number back do not say the number does it fluctuate or do you always get the same or i know you've covered this in a pod is it always the same go-to magazines or sometimes like you'll do a little deeper dive you get a little bit more free time or if you're just kind of the checkout line like a cbs you're like ooh, i'll add i'll add this one Mm -hmm. i start to notice so short answer is i always do the same number of magazines okay. i want to set the um, over under is all i was asking but yeah yeah no i don't i'm not a big believer in multiple magazines because i feel like Ooh. that there's a lot of like redundancy in this yeah. and i'm not going to read every single team on here in fact i'm probably like michigan leads it off and then a few other choice teams that i want to realize and then i just kind of like just give a basic like overview of what's going on and then depending on you know, when I feel motivated to, to, you know, to really dig in, then I'll, I'll start to look at some of that stuff. But, uh, so usually just get one. This one. And, okay. and I thank, usually, thank you. that, that helps my over under. Yes. Thank you. Just, You're all <laughs> not making me waste my time. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't have been that fun to, to go back and forth on it. <laughs> um, but I do the, here's how I evaluate. I evaluate it on a very simple premise on the front of the cover. There has a display until, date on here uh yeah, yeah most recent yep so i look at the one that has the the oldest display date if there's a couple options and then in my in my youth i would evaluate the price difference between the two of them sure whether it's yeah. 7.99 or 11.99 yeah, and i would so. scan through and i would look and see like is is this one more like picture based or is this one got like real stats in it so that's kind of like my my higher you don't you don't want picture based you want no. like, give me the, give me the information. Give me the details. I get it on, in the front part of it. Every magazine's the same. It's got a lot of flashy graphics, a lot of like yeah. this, that, and the others in terms of who's the best, like their first team All Americans, that sort of stuff. And then they, you know, they usually have like a running like segments, like oh, we're gonna have a commentary on like NIL or you know coaching carousel or that sort of bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I I don't need your opinion. I can get that anywhere else. What I'm really here for is is. I want to see roster changes, incoming freshmen, yeah. who they're bringing back. Transfer portal has been a big thing in both college basketball and college football. So give me all of that. I want to see that. I want to. I want to really just one place and just. Uh, I want a reference guide. I want a. I want a little cheat sheet. So do you feel like this magazine is a little bit habitual, or is it still a deeper dive than you find on like some of your favorite websites? Or you just oh, yeah. like the, you like the tradition of like grabbing the magazine, thumbing through it. 
Yeah, I like the tradition. I don't know. Yeah, if the, sure. I, I, I don't know. I could probably spend a lot of time, but there is something to be said about having the magazine in hand and then like perusing and be like, oh, what's what's going on? University of Pittsburgh. I didn't realize yeah. that this was going on. And I would never in a million years go to like on ESPN and go to like Pittsburgh, the Pit, Pit Panthers homepage and like dive into their team. I just wouldn't. Oh, that's a good it. point. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a finite number of pages and you, you're going to kind of poke around in yep. this kind of just like these parameters from here to here okay yes sir yes sir exactly i like it well uh excited about hearing some of that knowledge today you parties you'll hear it as well in our rundown for episode 227 we're doing rip from the headlines gonna talk the college football top 10 uh then we're gonna have our guest on a longtime friend never been on the pot we'll get him on xander shouse gonna join us uh then we're gonna go through some of your favorite segments we're gonna do are they the asshole? We just entered this. Got a new one today to jump into. I think uh, we figured out last week uh, if it's all right to eat a chicken in front of all your wedding guests. If you, well, you just crack chicken. a bird right there. <laughs> Got to do the Neapolitan showdown. Uh, we are doing the top fictional mob characters from TV and the movies. We're going to do Brandon, a gambling corner, segment two of eight. Doing the NFC West over under, having Xander on. He is a New Orleans Saints fan, so I'll have him weigh in on that. Then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, bro. Rip from the headlines. College football top 10. What are we talking about this week, brother? Oh, because I think we're like less than 50 days away from the college football season kicking off. All right. How does it kick off? Is it like a Thursday? Like the NFL has a Thursday and then we got to wait three days and kind of like what is it just like are we yeah, right not, out of the gate that like Saturday morning? There, there's – um. It's interesting that Labor Day weekend, yeah, usually start Saturday morning. There'll probably be like a Friday night game. There might not even be like, there might even be like a Thursday game. But the big marquee game of the Saturday games will be like the Saturday night ABC ESPN game, whatever that one is. I don't know what that one is on the docket. I don't think that they've quite announced where they're going to be. Usually that's the start of uh, college game day too, which is their big kind of, uh, you know, um, their big ticket item for for television viewing before the college football season kicks off usually michigan my team go blue will probably they'll, they'll probably kick off on like a noon game i think they're playing like a max school this year maybe they played western michigan last year i don't remember where they're playing this year drink everybody but um but usually they'll kick off at noon and i'll find a, a little low-key bar to go and, and and go and watch the game at Just get away from the family usually we're traveling we're at the the montauk we're the family reunion, but I'll retreat for a couple hours and get myself a little Michigan time. Oh yeah, is that a little tradition for that game opener? Just find a little bar, just you and the TV kicking it old school. Oh yeah, yeah. Or sometimes, or sometimes it'll just be in the hotel if I can get it at the hotel and I don't have to go anywhere because we all, everyone's got booze and food and and plenty of stuff galore. So I will, I'll literally just post up in one of the rooms and and with uh, Doctor Mrs. Kamish's family, we basically ascend on this hotel that they've been going to for thirty some odd years. And it's kind of like a like a U shape. It's got a big like uh, center like courtyard area with a pool, and it's right on the ocean right there too. So you got the the beach right there too. So there's always somebody hanging out and drinking and willing to watch the game. So that's always fun. 
So now with we're kind of like restructuring the conferences and everything, and you know we covered that last week. Is it still like these first few weeks? Are they you know the quote unquote like cupcake games? Are we still seeing that, or are like some teams rolling out just actual like matchups these week ones? Well, there there are a few matchups. Usually they they usually most teams will roll out of cupcakes. Like our our friends here in town in Map Studios Midwest Notre Dame plays off with our bitter rivals. Ohio, you fill out the rest on September 3rd. So wow. we do, we don't always have cupcakes, but usually there's only a couple key matchups. Um, I know Florida State, Notre Dame played play this year, Texas, USC a couple years ago. So there's always like some, some good, big opening games. Michigan played Alabama, got slapped probably, I think 2014, 2015. You know, there's, there's usually some, some marquee matchups uh, early, early on. I feel like we talked about this, and if it's PTSD, you don't have to talk about it. That's but- right. Where were you during that Appalachian State game? In Montauk. I was actually on okay, the yeah. beach. We couldn't get it, and I wasn't super concerned to watch it. And I remember being – it was the first time that I went to Montauk with Dr. Mish's, the commission's family. We weren't married or even enfianced at that point. Maybe it should have served as an omen for what was coming, but uh, for with Michigan, not with our relationship. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was definitely like fucking – there's a there's a bunch of ribbing going on because everyone knew i was a big michigan fan and i was kind of like ah who's this fbs team or you know or d2 school playing michigan and they yeah. put the hurting on us and it was not not fun not fun oh definitely uh sorry to bring that bro that's not the that's energy right. we want to bring into this season no Ooh, did i tell you Ooh, no. i told what? you i didn't tell you um i put my name in at a silent auction for um for a picture uh, of the University of Michigan Stadium all rushing the field when they beat Ohio last year, 47, 42-27. It's a big, beautiful picture. I just found out today that I won the silent auction. So you won the timing. Oh, yeah. Awesome, bro. Yeah, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to. I mean, I, I'm paying money for it, but I wasn't going <laughs> right, to. Right, right, yeah. Right. But it just goes to show. It's just like you wanted it more than anybody else. I did that's want it. I like. Exactly. Yeah, that's how silent auctions work. Like, nobody was just like, we love this guy. Let's give it to him. And, and I didn't put, like, I didn't, I didn't put just one bit in there. I circled back just to double yeah. back. <laughs> Thinking back at it, they put their bit in. And I came in five dollars over. I could have just gone one dollar. I could have gone prices right style, just one dollar over, just bid oh, over. How do, oh, silent auctions. You do see what the last person bid. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, I was thinking like a blind auction. Like no, no, no. Where you're just okay. like with the cards and all that. No, no, no. Not that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I yeah, yeah no, I was scoping. I was circling. Okay, yeah, because I was saying that was random. It's just like I don't eight thousand dollars. I want this. It's just like <laughs> no. the next closest person had like three hundred fifty bucks. No, um, no, 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 no. All right, let's chat through this top ten. I'll go through the ten real fast. Let's start at the bottom. What I'd like for you to do for us, most awesome, is I'd like you to say what this team's case is for making the postseason, what mm-hmm. their case is for missing it, where they might come up a little short. And then their biggest change from last year to this year. Let's go through sure. the top ten real fast. We'll start at the bottom. We'll work our way up. Uh, your ten, though. Okay, so we'll start from uh, – here's your top ten, but we're going to start at the bottom. But your number one is Georgia. Two is Alabama. Three, Michigan. Four, Cincinnati. Five, Baylor. Six, Ohio. You fill in the rest. Five uh, – I already lost the track. <laughs> Georgia. Uh, Baylor. Um, yes. Six is Ohio. You fill in the rest. Seven is – what's that? Oklahoma State? Yeah. Eight, Notre Dame. Nine, Michigan State. Ten, Oklahoma. Okay, so let's just start at the bottom. I'm sure plenty you want to say. We'll, we'll get our way up there. Sure. So number ten, uh, Oklahoma. Case to make it, case to miss it. What's the biggest change? Uh, miss it. I don't think Oklahoma is in most people's, like, 2023 preseason um, 
Bowl. They might be kind of just hanging around there, but they they lost a lot. Lincoln Riley left uh, Oklahoma to go to USC. Also took their quarterback, um, Caleb Williams, with them as well too. So I, I would say there's there's probably zero chance that we see an Oklahoma in a um, a kind of an interesting like spot for. Um, the Big 12 and where they're at. I mean, they're they're poised to move and leave the uh, the Big 12 for the SEC. Now that this decision for Oklahoma happened when they still had Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, they made that move and Lincoln Riley was like, all right, peace, I'm out, I'm going to USC, and they broke the bank for him. Um, but I do think like at the top, a team like Baylor, uh, Oklahoma State, and even Texas are two teams, uh, or three teams rather, that are going to be all better than Oklahoma this year. Um, and, you know, I think they've got a big quarterback question. Spencer Rattler, who was the other guy that was kind of uh, in the running for the quarterback at Oklahoma, he transferred to South Carolina. Um, so, yeah, so I, w- I would say the, the case, there's no case for them, quite honestly, because their team is a, 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 a shamble of what it was last year. Uh, but the case against them is, is pretty heavy. And what yeah. changed? Everything. Everything changed for Oklahoma. <laughs> everything, everything changed. Yeah, because, I mean, even looking at the Big 12, I mean, what, like, um, best-case scenario, one team from the Big 12 is getting in the playoff? Uh, last year, yeah. There was – yeah, last year they were kind of thinking about it. Oh, you mean to get into the, to the college yeah, football playoffs? Yeah, one Big 12 team. Yeah, no, not even not even guaranteed. I mean, right. maybe you know, the, the conference but two, winner. But two, two ain't happening. Two is not happening, no. Yeah. Uh, so you got to win that Big 12. Let's, uh, number nine, Michigan State. So here's a good thing. So Michigan State, um, you know, obviously the the thing that changed for them is, or or the biggest thing that they lost is their running back Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, in-state rivals here with Michigan, um, they beat Michigan in their their only matchup against them. But Kenneth Walker was kind of their do everything um, running back. They lose him to the NFL, drafted by Seattle. Um, so they're bringing back still a relatively like up and coming young team. They've had to get a lot of guys through the transfer portal. Um, but, but the big thing, the big reason is, is that um, Mel Tucker, their their coach that they brought in last year, his first year had or second year had great success. They immediately ink him to a huge long term contract. I think it was like a nine year, like close to nine, ten million dollars a year. Um, so they are they are on the rise. This is a tough year in the Big Ten with all those teams, especially when you have a team like Ohio, you fill out the rest, and even Michigan. You know they're still kind of young and up and coming. I mean, uh, Peyton Thorne is their quarterback, and they've got Jaden Reed, a wide receiver that they have uh, offensively as well too. But I do think that they're they're hanging around. They're going to be a very good team. They're still going to probably be in the top fifteen. But they're they're like a, a year or two away from being that kind of dominant Mike D'Antonio seam in the college football playoff semi regularly kind of position. All right, Notre Dame sitting at the eighth spot. Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, so the case to make it for Notre Dame is um, they have got one of the best tight ends in the country. Michael Mayer, this guy has been unbelievable. A lot of people are projecting him as probably the number one tight end coming in to the NFL draft. Um, Marcus Freeman obviously filled in the gap, and the team really loves him as a coach. He was a young defensive guy, 
uh, after Brian Kelly left, he fill in, he filled in afterwards, they lost their bowl game, but ultimately, um, you know, Marcus Freeman is a young, energetic, exciting coach. And if, if, if anyone's going to rally around, um, Notre Dame, it's going to be around a guy like Marcus Freeman. Now the, the case for why they're not going to make it, it much like any team starts with the quarterback play. Last year with Jack Cohn, they weren't a great quarterback, weren't a, a, like a super high-power offense, uh, and it is really limited at the quarterback. Well, now he's gone, and now they're left with two guys that have really limited time. Uh, uh, Buchner, uh, a, a junior who I think had three TDs and three INTs last year, and then Pine, another guy who's, I think, a redshirt sophomore sophomore coming in. So not a lot of experience in this program and when you lead off their first game of the year with a team like ohio you fill out the rest it's going to be a a tough road to hoe early on but they're a really solid team and we don't know who's got the starting gig at quarterback yet i don't think that they've announced it 100 now but there are they they are on their their way up that's for sure but again this is when you only can have four teams in there this is a tough putt at you know where they sit far outside of that um, all right, let's go Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State. OSU. Yeah, OSU. The other one that the other. So, case for it, uh, Spencer Sanders is going to be their starter for the fourth straight year. Uh, Mike Gundy has been a super consistent force at Oklahoma State. Um, they're, they're still, they still put up points, man. They really put up points. And in a. Big 12, where kind of anything could happen if Oklahoma, like I said, falls off a little bit. Um, you know, Iowa State is going to fall off with their coach, Matt Campbell. I don't think they're as recruiting as, as, as well as they did before. So, you know, this is could be a, a prime position for somebody to really take the mantle of the Big 12. And they could really do that. Now, the case um, against them is, is that, you know, they're – a lot of uh, offensive players have gone. So obviously we have Spencer Sanders, the quarterback there, but a lot of their offensive starters, wide receivers are gone, gone and outside, uh, either in the NFL or in the transfer portal. So they're going to have to, there's going to be some bumps and bruises early on um, with uh, with that team, right? Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do. But uh, they do have a good shot to, like I said, with every kind of everyone leaving the Big 12, in the next couple of years, they've got a real good shot to kind of take the mantle here as the best team in the Big 12. And they could win it this year. They could, they for sure. Win. They could win the, you know, they've got, yeah, Baylor and, and Oklahoma are probably their two biggest, you know, uh, threats. But, you know, they, 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 could, they could do it as well, too. Um, all right, moving up there, let's look at this piece of shit team sitting at the sixth spot. Ohio, you fill in the rest. I don't like this team at all. I'm, I'm, glad so, you so I'm gonna like be honest team. with you. I'm not feeling I like, this team. <laughs> I don't think this team finished right. I want to be honest with you. I, you know what? From yeah. your lips to God's ears, baby. <laughs> um, but this is a very, very good team. Ryan Day's got a, a huge team. Uh, tons of tons of talent. They're a super young team. Um, why they're going to possibly win is is they've got one of the best young core um, in college football. Uh, CJ Stroud, who is a true freshman uh, Heisman finalist, is back. Um, he's probably going to be the first quarterback drafted in this NFL draft. 6'3, great arm talent, pretty good athlete. Then they go and they've got wide receiver Jackson Smith, 
uh, and Jigbo. Um, he is a, a, a fantastic wide receiver, probably going to be a first-round draftee as well, too. Set a Rose Bowl record, 15 catches, 347 yards, and three TDs in one game in the Rose Bowl last year. He comes back. Marvin Harrison Jr., that's right. Marvin Harrison's kid, the Indianapolis Colt, his son, plays wide receiver. They're just loaded offensively. And then you got Travion Henderson, who's a great running back as well, too. Big questions for them. You know, is the D going to rally? They lost some some starters. Offensive line, they lost a few starters as well, too. Um, I think that this is a this is a playoff team. This is 100% a college football playoff team. I think early preseason rankings are going to be putting them up pretty high. And then when you come down to it, um, you know, Notre Dame's that first big test. Um, they play Michigan State. They play Michigan this year. Um, so they're going to have some some tests along the way. But this is a very good team. One loss on any of those against those three is going to still put them in the playoffs. They're still okay. Um, all right, uh, moving up one slot to the number five, Baylor. Gotcha. So um, the the biggest decision is is that, uh, or the the thing is is that. Um, Dave Aranda, their their quarterback or their coach, rather, this is a guy that is, you know, kind of like picked up after all the the um, negative stuff going on previously with Baylor. There's been a lot of Baylor's just been one of those teams that can never kind of like they have moments, they have upswings, and then they they all kind of lose it for um, you know some kind of in not great things that are happening on campus. There, I'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, the, the best thing for them is, is they, they've got a, a solid defense. They return seven starters on their on their defense, rather, not their offense. Um, but their biggest question is, is they've got a young kind of offense, um, mostly on the offensive line, so that's going to help them. But, again, they're returning a, a, a kid that had limited snaps, Blake Sheppin, uh, who's going to be their wide receiver, or, excuse me, who's going to be their quarterback. Um, no returning uh, options, really, at wide receiver. Um, no running back returning. So offensively, this is going to be a struggle for them. And they weren't like a dominant offensive team as well uh, when it came all to it. So, um, you know, they're on the upswing. I don't I don't see them coming out of the Big 12. I don't see them. They might, they might have a New Year's Day bowl game, but, uh, you know, it's going to have to be kind of just, you know, old school football, defensive winning games and, and kind of just eking out enough points. So right now, is it just like the Big 12 doesn't have the respect that it used to? Or can a Baylor, like Oklahoma State or OU, if they run the table, like are they still going to be outside looking in, trying to get that fourth playoff spot with just how strong these other teams are? Yeah, I mean, they'd have to go. They'd have to win the table because the depth of conference isn't all that great. So a lot of things they look at is like strength of schedule. And so if you yeah. don't have powerhouse clubs in your division, it's going to be harder to justify, hey, I went – I went 12 and one and it's like, Oh, I lost to a, you know, a, uh, an Iowa state or a TCU. Well, that's not really a great loss and your wins aren't that really great because they don't really play anyone either. So you've really got to, you know, they lead off the season with like university of Albany, BYU, Texas state. I mean, so BYU is a decent team, but they've got two, they've got two cupcakes. I mean, super cupcakes early on. That's just going to make them look a little bit, you know, bloated early. All right, so getting into our top four right now, um, a team that's kind of coming from a different, you know, conference, Cincinnati. 
Cincinnati's here. What do we think about this? Cincinnati. This is a very good team. I mean, a lot of people think that Cincinnati will kind of be, um, you know, a, a, a huge downgrade after the fact that they um, lost, you know, Desmond uh, Ritter, um, Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner. Everyone's going to think that they're going to be, you know, kind of um, a one and done type team. But Luke Fickle is their head coach, who is also the interim head coach at Ohio. You fought the rest. They've got a good culture. They've got a really good kind of um, program in the midst there. And I think that they're in a good spot from a, from a club perspective in terms of like, you know, who's all there. They still return seven starters from the offense. I think all of their offensive line. Ben Bryan is a senior quarterback that's going to be there. They're just going to have to figure out some things offensively. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is they don't really have a real challenge. You know, they play Arkansas at Arkansas, so that'll be an interesting early matchup. Um, then Indiana, but then they get into the AAC conference, which is a little bit of a cupcake. They don't even play Houston this year, um, which is be the, probably their biggest com, you know, contender for the AAC title. So I don't think that they're going to be in the top. Uh, I don't think they're, I think they're going to be outside of the top 15 for sure um, this year, because I think that they're going to have a couple L's and that's going to knock them out of any serious contention. But this is an up, up and coming program. It's why the Big 12 offered um them a spot to kind of replace and backfill for that houston or for that uh uh texas and um oklahoma team there so yeah so i think I, you know i think that they're they got a case to kind of be a little bit more consistent a little bit more of a powerhouse in the midwest ohio actually is a huge fertile like recruiting ground for high school football players ohio loves them some football all right our number three spot we wanted to get here go blue University of Michigan. Very Are you good. going to this season nervous or last year moving in the right direction? Let's get back to the promised land where we belong. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, cautiously optimistic. I mean, we lose obviously huge key portions of our defense. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, David Ajobo. Um, those guys are, you know, cornerstones of the pass rush. Also, too, we lose two often, or we lose one offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, to the University of Miami. We lose another one, um, a defensive coordinator, uh, back to the Baltimore Ravens to fill in as their um, defensive coordinator, McDonald. So we've got two new coordinators in the offense and defense. Makes me a little bit nervous. Um, but here's the thing: we've got eight starters returning on the offense. Um, you know, we've got five defensive starters returning. I don't think all five of them are guaranteed a starting position, but the offense is going to be the thing that's much better, much more improved. Donovan Edwards, Ronnie Bell is going to come back. He tore his ACL last year in the first game of the season. Ronnie Bell is a great wide receiver for Michigan. Donovan uh, Edwards is in the, if we've heard of Debo Samuels in that wide back situation, this guy is like a true wide back. He's a running back that has wide receiver skills. They move him all over the field. He's unbelievable. Even had a, a deep touchdown pass in that Big Ten championship game. Uh, this guy's a phenomenal athlete. Cade McNamara is going to come back as their senior quarterback who led them all last year. But I, I think J.J. McCarthy, uh, a huge five-star recruit um, that they brought in who they ran out plenty of times last year as a true freshman, I think he's going to be pushing for playing time as well. And uh, I think this is going to be a very good team. Nice. Is that it here? Uh, well, the top two spots, we start 
this season how we ended last season, and that's Georgia in the number one, Alabama in the number two. Which one of these teams are better? And is there any chance of us seeing what we saw last year, which is them basically playing for seeding right before the playoffs started and then just kind of flipping the games? Did you like that about college football? Are we trying to avoid that? Is just is that the price of doing business when you just have two teams just kind of this head and shoulders above all the other teams? Yeah, especially when they're in, you know, uh, they have two conferences in the SEC. Um, so when you've got a team like Georgia and you, your conference winners go on to win and play for the, the uh, or the, your division winners, rather, I should say, go on to play for the conference championship, you're going to have this. And we're going to have it again this year. Georgia, and unless something crazy happens, injuries happen or something like that, Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams in the SEC, which pretty much much makes them the two best teams in the country. Um, which one did you want to start with first? Uh, Bama? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give Georgia the top spot it deserves right now. Let's start with Bama. Gotcha. Uh, the, the case for Bama, they return Bryce Young, um, who – probably will be a first round draft pick as a quarterback this year. If he enters a little on the smallest side, but he's the true, like Russell Wilson kind of like, you know, point guard be, he's can scramble. He's cool under pressure. Obviously he's the uh, Heisman winner returning Heisman winner. So he's pretty freaking good. Um, then you look on the def- defensive side, Nick Saban, true defensive guru brings back probably the most disruptive football in all of college football should be the number one overall draft pick assuming that he stays healthy uh which he should he's had a great track record for that we're talking will anderson jr this should be your number one overall pick in the nfl draft um i i I don't have the stat in front of me but it was a ridiculous like something like 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 45 tackles for loss or something like that absurd number of tackles for loss when you consider that it's like a 13 game season and when you look at that like in the nfl they don't get numbers like that this guy is a fucking unbelievable athlete they call him the terminator he's unfreaking believable this defense is going to be everything that we made about georgia's defense last year is bama's defense again this year the case for bama not to make it is we've got some question marks around the wide receiver yeah i was gonna uh, say didn't they lose a lot of receivers also, John Michi the third, Jamison Williams, obviously. Um, I think they got a guy in the transfer portal, Jermaine Burton. I think actually from Georgia. I could be wrong on that. Drink everybody. Um, but here's the one thing I do know is that they are loaded with talent. Five star galore. They just that's the that's the big thing about Bama is is they just continually reload because they've got a great bench depth. Everyone makes this step the 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 step up the next year. So still a big question mark just for the fact that we don't know what they've got but the defense is defined and they are gonna be fucking amazing nice georgia what's the case georgia the case is they return i think most of their offensive starters i believe it's eight total offensive starters seven total drink everybody um stenson bennett uh if you watch the championship game great story juco kid who beat out a five-star at Georgia, just everything that you love about college football. He's kind of gritty, you know, loves to play football. It's not anywhere on the, on the, um, the NFL radars whatsoever, but he is like a, he is knows to make the right plays, gets it done. He's smart. He's savvy. And he is a year uh, with a championship belt uh, around his waist this year. So I think they're going to be pretty good this year offensively, defensively. Um, 
they lost everybody. Everybody in the draft. Georgia had a ton of draftees oh, in the NFL. Yeah. So they only returned three guys, but those three guys are pretty fucking amazing. Nolan Smith, an outside linebacker. Keely Ringo, if you remember from the championship game, he's the guy that returned the TD late in that game. And another safety on the back end. I mean, this, this team is just five stars galore on this team. They're pretty fucking loaded. They continue to reload again here. Um, wide receivers are still in place. They also have a, probably, he's not eligible this year, but he's probably the best tight end in football. Uh, Brock Bowers, as well as another guy who is in the Kyle Pitts mode. He transferred from Florida to Georgia. Talking about Eric Gilbert. Um, This guy is literally like a clone of Kyle Pitts. Everything that everyone made up about Kyle Pitts a couple years ago. This is what Eric Gilbert is. Take that drink back, everybody. I said Florida. He transferred from LSU. Oh, Um, correcting myself on the fly. This guy's amazing. Hopefully he plays for them. Uh, this year there's some questions on whether he'll play or not but if he does uh, i'm very excited to see one eric gilbert play nice well thanks for the rundown brother uh guys plenty more college football to come i've been telling you this for four years i'm getting into college football this year it's gonna happen some some teams that are uh, that are gonna have some early preseason buzz nc state um I'm interested with Texas. Texas has got the best running back in the in the country, Bijan Robinson. Uh, and and don't sleep on a, a University of Miami team down in Florida. Nice. Uh, real fast, give me who do we have in the playoff come playoff time? What's our final four sitting there? Emma, Georgia, Ohio. You fill out the rest. And I'm going to say. I'm going to say Michigan. Fuck it. Let's go. Yes, Let's it back. get Let's in there. Go blue. Go blue. Um, all right. We got Xander in the waiting room. Let's let him in. Shouts, what's up, man? You've been listening to the pod, ready to get on this. Yeah, I crammed it. I, I listened like for eight straight hours as soon as you guys asked me to be on it. Oh, eight uh, straight episodes. Okay, so just yeah. About oh, these are two, an hour long. Oh. Two hundred forty hours short. I should I should have prepared better. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for hopping on, man. Long overdue. Looking forward to you uh, getting uh, talk to the NFL South over under. For that, need your opinion on this uh, new segment we're doing. Are they the asshole? Uh, here we go. Are they the asshole for refusing to give my husband money to go on the trip that his friends excluded me from? All right, here's the story. So uh, my husband, uh, male 33, has a friend, male 32, Austin, that he's known from college. They're like brothers, and together they extended their friend group. Now the group has over seven guys who hang out together all the time. Austin and I don't get along. He seems to be mocking my infertility and brings it up occasionally. 
it hurts because I wanted children and for him to make a constant topic of conversation hurts. My husband thinks it's just me being hypersensitive. Anyway, about a month ago, Austin and I got into a fight after he commented on my infertility by saying that I should hurry up and give him a nep uh, nephew or niece because my biological clock is ticking. Uh, we were planning on going to a trip together, but Austin disinvited me because I yelled at him for what he said and ruined his dinner. I said I was perfectly okay with that. In fact, I felt so much relief that no longer to be around him anymore. My husband, for the first time, was okay with me being away from Austin, but said he still wants to go on that trip. I said nothing until he told me he still expects me to pay for his travel expenses. I refused and said he was on his own. He started an argument about how he's doing this to punish him for not staying home and that he told me that the issue with Austin was with Austin and not him. I told him he could go get the money elsewhere, but he's unable to borrow any more money and add this to his list of debts after he got fired in May. Uh, he insisted I refused. He started calling me spiteful and unfair to refuse to pay for his travel expenses in an attempt to get him to stay home with me. He said his relationship with Austin is bigger than just a few comments Austin made and bigger than my exaggerated sensitivity and insecurity. Now he's sulking until I can give him the money. Am I the asshole for insisting on not paying? There's a lot to unpack on this. I love you. you, you yeah. These are dense. Yeah. There's like, um, much like last week's, I mean, a lot of issues to look at here. But let's just knee-jerk, Xander, who's in the right here. Oh, she's in the wrong. She's in the wrong. So she should pay for Austin's trip? Yeah, absolutely. Is, or not for Austin, for her husband's trip. This yeah. is insane. But she, you did, have... she, did she hear that it was a guy's trip? Like, she should pay for <laughs> that. Right. Like, did she miss that? <laughs> no, clearly, he's, there's something. What's actually in the wrong is that relationship. Is that, yes. to me, that pretty much sounds like it's over. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, even if you got through the entire thing, and I'll let you run with it, like, the the infertility's a tough hang. Like, the fact that that's mocked. But then, then the bow I thought you just said that. I just thought you were saying that the infertility. I was like, yeah, fuck that barren bitch. Wait, is that <laughs> no. what you're saying? I, no, I, no, no. I'm also confused. I thought this was a sports podcast, so I was <laughs> I was ready for the game. Yeah, well, that uh, look at yeah, look at the calendar, bro. It's right. July. <laughs> we gotta fill it up with whatever yeah, shit. All right, we, all right. There's whatever shit we can on. make happen. I, I uh, yeah, I mean, even if you were like, even if you could forgive like the fact that Austin is a total absolute dickhead, like this guy's unemployed. Like, what are we talking about? Like, part of going on a guy's trip, I guess, would be like at least the guy paying his way for it. Like, sure. Hit, like a great rule of thumb after the age of like 18 is if you're unemployed, you don't need more vacations. You're on a permanent vacation. Yeah, right, you're, right. You're on an active vacation. That vacation is trying to find a job. That's where you're Also, going. if you're unemployed and you go on a guy's trip, the, your buddies are the ones who have to shoulder that burden and like right. pick up tabs and you're going to be the penny pincher. I don't want that guy on a guy's trip. For but sure, I, yes. I, I, I also it, don't want her to finance it. For sure. She's, it already sounds like she's kind of hanging over his head a little bit because she kind of threw in that like getting fired in May and he wants me to pay for it. So there's an interesting thing about these two. This couple is married, right? Yes, married. Husband. Right. So yeah. it definitely it seems like maybe we still have separate checking accounts going on here. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's my money, your money. I'm not really sure. So there sounds like there's a little bit of issue with the with the not having a job since May. But um, but yeah, the Austin guy, this guy, he seems like a douche. This right? I mean, this guy's yeah. Like a, this guy's this guy's a fuckhead for sure. There's just sure. a lot. Like, like I know that she's you know she's playing to her audience a little bit with just sure. like you know like letting it dig. It's just like oh, like he's unemployed. Oh, he's got like a tiny dick. And it's just like was that necessary to put in the email? Like you didn't have to. I don't know, I don't know if I got school. that out of it. <laughs> right? Did they say wait? Did they say where the, where the trip was? Where they were going to? 
I feel like uh, this is important. Okay. Um. No, I just I think it's just a guy's trip. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't have a spot. If they're going to so, Vegas, so it's Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, it's Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's why, it's, that's why it's unspecified. Right. So it was like a guy's trip. He's like, oh, he's going on a mission. Like he's gonna go help. Like him and his buddies are gonna go help right. like some village in South America. Yeah, they're gonna dig a creek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, the fact that she didn't mention it makes me think like maybe it's not Vegas because I think you would throw that on. It's just like if you're trying to get oh, it. But I mean, I, I think, I think regardless, like you're you're in a marriage, like you'd be a provider. Like you know that's how things that mm-hmm. that like and at least if you're not providing for like you gotta pull your own share and pulling your own share is just like if you want to go on a vacation like get the cash to do it like what yeah. are you you're you're a husband what the fuck are we talking about here right right, right. but also like the, there's something else like there's an indicative problem is that their uh, relationship they're already going on separate vacations yeah so uh, have, as I'm getting ready to go on a separate vacation away from my <laughs> wife sure. Yeah, whatever. No, just that's not all you do. You go right, on a right. vacation with her, and I'm, I'm just going to assume your wife isn't financing your... No, your I mean, I, she does keep me in the lap of luxury. I am a sugar baby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, she does. we do all right. Uh, yeah, I wish that was more for you, Xander, but that was simple enough. I mean, not only is this trip not going to happen, it should be uh, over the relationship. All right, Neapolitan Showdown, bring us to the GM. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Alright bro, Neapolitan Showdown Best mob characters Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna tell you We got Sander here, he's gonna judge it for us I'm gonna tell you, here's my take real fast like, I wanted to do, like, actual best mob guys. Not my favorite characters. And I'll get into that. Like, well, I'll start with this. Just, like, Tony Soprano, not on it. Like, Soprano's, like, my favorite show of all time. Like, I've rewatched it, like, six or seven times. But it's just, like, when you still... When I really looked into this, I was just like, all right, like, if I need some mob shit done, like, what mobster do I want? And, like, you know, New Jersey was known to kind of be a glorified crew. When you really look at that crew and what Tony was running i mean they were kind of some bubble fucks i mean they weren't like really buttoned up so it's just like i had to go to go a little deeper and just be like all right like who do i really want in my mob if i'm starting a mob if i'm the head of the family who would i want and tony soprano is too much of a wild card can't be dependable like just kind of goes rogue sometimes i couldn't do it did you hmm. take the same approach no i did not i uh i, I looked at who was like I, I probably came at it from your first angle, which was my favorite character, right? Yeah. Like that's when, when you said that, I was like, who's my most favorite? I tried to, you know, Brandana always likes to get me on the basic bitch tip where it's like, <laughs> I always just pick like the most chalk answer. So I'm, I'm, I really tried to stray away from that. Although I still feel like I'm going to get judged in this a little bit, B. All right. I got chalk coming up. I can't wait to guess your number one. I'm going to go for it. Um, once we get there, we'll start with the number three. Xander, I know you're going to like this one. I don't remember his character's name. I didn't look it up. But Chris Walken in True Romance. Ooh. Great. Yeah. I guess like, like, there's like a clarification to thing that you um, is. So is it who would be the best real life mobster? Like who you want, like in your crew? Or is it like the best mobster character? Yeah. Like I mean, Chris, let's, yeah. Christopher let's, Walken kind of fits into both. So yeah. You, I think, yeah, you just kind of have to listen to our pitch and take it. Like I'm telling you, I I think it makes more sense. I went with who I want my crew, and Chris Walken, the way he shows up, 
He hasn't killed anybody in a really long time, but decides to kill this guy, which makes me feel like he has a little bit of control. He's also super smart about it, like not wanting to get like fingerprints, like delegating what he needs to. Shows up there. He was given one task to figure out like where you know the kid was at, like trying to find all that shit. Takes care of business. Chris walking on there. Uh, great. The great thing about that is that he's only in one scene. So yeah. what you also like about him is that you really don't know a lot about him. You yeah, don't know exactly. Who he is. You don't know who he is in the family. You don't know the hierarchy of that family. You just know he was told to go get that money back and that yeah. kid. Yep, He's yep, only, yep. It's one scene. Yeah. It takes TCB, taking care of business. Absolutely, yeah. Um, my number three, um, you mentioned being a bit of a, a bumbler. This guy definitely is, but I like him. He's enjoyable. He's in a few more scenes than than your guy. I'm talking about in Reservoir Dogs. I'm talking nice guy Eddie, Chris Penn's character. This is a great little mobster guy. Truly makes me feel like what you know, what a guy running small jobs or smallish jobs, bank heist, that sort of stuff, jewel thieves. He's the quintessential like, you know, uh, you know, e- you know, East Coast guy on the West Coast trying to be rough and tumble, but kind of always fucks up a little bit, and obviously. You know their their plot is uh, is foiled by the uh, the uh, insider there and, and Timothy Roth. And he's gonna decide out of the fucking blue. Blow? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't gonna do a Chris Penn, but you nailed it. Good job. Pretty good. It's pretty good. The funny thing is that he's also in Brandon's movie. Chris Penn is in True Romance, but he's a cop. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I did kind yeah. of remember that. Well, yeah, and, he was yeah. like he was the cop who was yeah. like, oh, I fucking love this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's meltdown. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, Gandolfini's in, in, in True Romance as well, too. Yeah, Gandolfini. But maybe yeah, who is it? Better. It's the guy Actually, from... no great actor from the 90s is not in True Romance. That's true. Good point. <laughs> they all are. I didn't see that movie for the first time until like five years ago and like just blew my hair back. Now I'm watching it like once a year. Like I What a great movie. It. Yeah. All right. The number three spot. How do you score it? Oh, uh, oh I have to rate? Like who's better? Yes. Yeah. This is the name um, of the game. I mean, if it's uh, if it's who is the better mobster, it's clearly Christopher Walken because Chris Penn is like um, he. Oh, well, you know what? I actually got to give Chris Penn credit because he figures out what's gone wrong. But to have Mr. Orange even on his crew, he even has that line. He's like, "I should have my fucking head examined." Yeah, right. And uh, so he. He's kind of the guy who fucked that all up. Like he's kind of the guy who messed up their plan. So yeah, I, I think I gotta go with Christopher Walken. Gave me the nod. Uh, all right, two spot. Two spot. I did go with the Sopranos character. Ooh. But I Can went I with the ultimate. Yeah. So based on based on my premise on how I'm drafting my player, like I want a mobster that gets shit done, that's buttoned up. I'm gonna guess Christopher Montesanti. Oh. T- are you fucking serious? Wait. I just thought you would like be drawn to him because he's a writer. Yeah, but the one addicted to H, I'm trying to run like a fucking right. mob here. I'm not taking care of junkies and like. Yeah, but all to all Tony Soprano's like immediate circle were like kind of. I like, know. Bumbling they, they force, were. except for one. Ex- except for well, this one. All right. Let's Which go. one? I, got it. I clearly got it wrong. Yes, you did. The one, <laughs> yeah, addicted to heroin is a strike against you when I'm. When okay. I'm crewing up right. for I my job, I see where your ethics are. I am uh, wearing a, a dare keep kids off drugs, <laughs> shirt, so I'm aligned. Uh, my number two is Furio from The Sopranos. That's a great character. Comes over 
from the homeland. So he's just not even supposed to be there. So very under wraps. He's there for one thing and one thing only, and that's to work for this Jersey crew. And like he's loyal AF. Like all he, like loyal like he's he's violent like he wanted to sleep with Carmela so bad that he could have yeah, thrown he drunk Tony into the airplane propellers. Didn't do it. Woke up the next day. He's like, shit, man. I want I want to knock boots with that so bad. I got to get the fuck out of the state. So he flies back and he just gives up. That's a, a, a really good pick because I kind of thought instead of doing like the prequel to the Sopranos, they should have followed some of these side oh, characters. Oh, yeah. That's a lot yeah. of fun. And he would have been sure. a great one because he came from Italy, you know, and like you could split the time. And also what the solution that he was to the family because they were desperate at that time they were, and they yeah. needed muscle yeah. and i remember watching that episode where they first introduced him and they were saying like we needed this we need this guy to come over and i was like the guy with the ponytail yeah i know do you remember also like i think it's the second episode but the first time we see him like throw down with a bat like tony pulls yeah. up and he parks outside and he's like i need you to go in there and get the money and he just walks in with a bat and just goes fucking ham <laughs> just starts fucking teeing off on everybody yeah, just, like a, he was clearly the expert they needed yeah for sure See, I, we're, I feel like we're we're opposites right now because your guy's Furio is very buttoned up. He's efficient. My guy, yeah. talking Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas, totally messy, total shit show. I love him. I love enjoying watching him in, in Goodfellas, but he's he's a fucking sloppy Sally. Uh, but he still gets stuff done, and he, he still he gets was stuff. actually their he was their go to guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard. Like, you don't want to conflate, like, the two Pesci characters. Because, I like, I'm trying to remember, too. It's just, like, Pesci. I've, Pesci I've, in Goodfellas, right? He he goes. Oh, and, that he, he goes rogue. That's right. He goes he rogue. And he also, yeah, he kills bats in the bar that he's that Jimmy's got to clean up. Right? So that's a fucking knock against them. And, yeah. I mean, um, no, I'm thinking of Casino. But, yeah. Casi- it, yeah, Casi- Casino's the one where he gets all, like, Where he really goes off the rails. all the time. Yes, and he can't even true. knock a guy down anymore. Right, right. That. Yeah. No, but, but it's a good point. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he just, like, he, you need that muscle for that crew, that Goodfellas crew to make it. Like, you have to have somebody like Yeah, that, I would actually say he's character. probably more valuable to his crew than Furio was to the Sopranos guy. I mean, there's an argument yeah. to be made there that without Joe Pesci and, good, and Goodfellas, that without... Tommy DeVito that none they don't pull off anything. It's a good he's point. A, it, he's a, the one who like Henry Hill like is like his go to the hothead you know. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Still a little bit. How you score the second round, bro? Now I'm gonna I gotta go with Joe Pesci. There you uh, go. That's a good one. Yeah. What's my number one? You're gonna guess my number one, B. I know. Like go all. Oh man, number one. Mm. I was gonna guess it, but I don't like. I thought you'd go classic. I thought you would go Godfather. I'm not. I'm not going to guess it because I don't want to risk losing. So I'm just going to share my number one. I'm not okay. going to guess your number one. <laughs> Do you lose points for guessing and getting it wrong? Yeah. Yeah. In our arbitrary gonna... score system, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm already in a negative. Sure. Yeah. Um, my this be pretty predictable. My favorite. It's it's got that vibe that I like where it's just like knows the ins and outs of the mob game tries to bring it make it go clean a little bit like trying to do that transition we'll still have those mob, mob ties but still staying on the top talk about one sam ace rothstein robert de niro's character in casino yeah it's a pretty amazing one 
uh, great character. Mine was Tony Soprano because I was like, I have to go Tony Soprano. It's <laughs> my favorite <laughs> one. I thought you were gonna go for it. That's I was like, I know Brandon's yeah, gonna close, crucify yeah. me for this. But well, how, I do you, how do you not go with Tony Soprano as your number one? I just because I no, I, it was more fun. And maybe I should have texted to you, but it, I was just trying to look at a new angle, just besides yeah. like the predictable me loving Tony Soprano and doing. I was just like. I tried to look through a new glass. I was just like, all right, like if I was, you know, like I already said, like if I was mobbing up, like who would I want? And I wouldn't want Tony Soprano on my crew. You know, well, like, if just it was like, your crew and you were running it, you couldn't have him on your crew because he's a boss. Right. Yeah. That's, so like de facto. Boss and if and he was on your crew, it. he's going to take it from you. That's the other thing too. He's going to yeah. rise up. He's going to take but, it from you. You know, the crazy thing is that Rothstein's based on a real guy. Like your like your casino yeah. pick is based on a real guy. I don't know that Tony Soprano is, but uh, he was more like a mob liaison. Like, yeah. he ran the Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, if you're looking for ways to really... They also referred it. to him as the Jew in Vegas. It wasn't I was going like to say, yeah, really yeah. accepted yeah. him, you know? Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, I guess it's closer to ties. But, I mean, it's still, like, you know, he's folded in enough to where... I, I mean, he's he's the head, and he knows what's going on behind the scenes. So, but but you know. if, if you need a real number one, it's Tony Soprano because he was the crime boss of that family. Even like even when it was before his transition and Junior was still the boss, he was still the de facto boss of that. I don't know. I get it. Yeah, I'm just saying it's just like fine. <laughs> Sam Rothstein, like he's not employed by the mob, but if you had to break it down and compare it to something, right. he's, he's not getting got, a W two from the mob. No, get it. he's yeah, got yeah. he's got like. <laughs> He's got holiday hours. He's, you know, he's on there when they staff up. Yeah, <laughs> he does nice and weekends. Um, all right, bro. Who do you give? Who do you just give the whole thing to? Who takes it? Uh, it's really close, guys. Both, like all six of those are great. But yeah, I kind of got to have to give it to Tony Soprano. I mean, I know that's the simple answer, but if if yeah. you go up to somebody on Hollywood Boulevard outside of Jimmy Kimmel and say, uh, "What mobster? Who's the mobster that you know the most about?" Everybody would say Tony Soprano. It wouldn't That's even right. be close. That's fair. Right. Most awesome yeah. is the win, and it is my like it's my favorite. I'm just you know what I made my fucking point. All right, thanks for coming on the podcast. This is great. Yeah, real fucking good time. No, you're 15 years. Yeah. All right, uh, Brandon Gambling Corner. Play that song. Segment two of eight. We've been doing this. Um, I should have taken this Ambien. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's two of eight for episodes. We do this over oh, eight episodes. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. number two. We You're fine. I thought we were yeah. going till tomorrow. Yeah, you can still take the Ambien. And don't use us, our podcast as an excuse to take your it. Ambien. No, no, I, I took Ambien. it already. I'm I, Actually, when I let Ambien know I was going on the podcast, they asked me to mention it. <laughs> oh, really? You're getting some plugs in? All right. Yeah, That's yeah, okay. So, That's so great. Uh, yeah, t- uh, two of eight. Uh, like we said, on the top of the show, Xander, a New Orleans Saints fan. How how long have you been a Saints fan? Yeah, uh, probably since I was like ten years old. No, so, before that. Uh, I, I mean, my when I lived in Louisiana, and the only football you watched there was Saints football, and it, that's when they were known as the Aints. Right. Yeah. And who's who's quarterback at this time? Is this McMahon? Manning? Yeah, Manning. Arch, Archie Manning at this yeah. point. Yeah. Oh wow. And then Bobby Abair. Sixty-eight years old. Oh. Yeah, he was 16 years old. But, well, no, you're saying I am. Yeah, I was saying you are. Yeah. No, I thought you. Yeah. 
thought I, I was. Said you. Yeah, you were I thought you were saying. I thought you were actually saying that Archie Manning was 68 years no, old. No, no, and it, no, no, no. it felt like it when he was quarterback for the Saints. Uh, Bobby Abair was uh, the, the the main quarterback, and then you don't oh, yeah. really remember any of the quarterbacks until Drew Brees, and then yeah. it's Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and then who, it's back to who, Drew Brees. three years from now we will not be remembering Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Right? You know, I got now you got James <laughs> Winston recency. and Ian Book. Uh, I think we got we dropped the book. Did you? Okay. Good, <laughs> yeah, good. The Saints got rid of him. I, I feel like I feel like McMahon was there for a beat. Am I wrong? So Archie Manning, Kent Stabler, Richard Todd. I mean, someone take a drink or a shot when you remember one of these names. Oh, would you? Bobby you... Herbert. Bobby Haber. Oh, French. Oh, Haber. Uh, Jim Everett. <laughs> Heath Schuler. Right. Jim Everett is probably the one you're mixing up for Jim McMahon because they have similar yeah, personalities. Aaron Brooks. Yeah, Drew Brees. Yeah, you're not fucking kidding. That's a... Yeah, Aaron Brooks is who I couldn't remember. That that was like your that was like all right, we're competent at football, but we're not gonna we're not, we're gonna, not gonna make the we're playoffs. We're not gonna compete. Yeah. So yeah. how how were you feeling about that Ricky Williams trade? <laughs> like wasn't it didn't didn't did give up a shit ton to move up to get Ricky Williams? No. Which are you <laughs> No, I don't know. They didn't move up. I don't think they moved up a bunch. They Same traded. Trip. They traded a bunch of picks. Uh, Ditka, when he was the head coach, traded a bunch of uh, picks to get Ricky Williams back in the in the day. I don't know the the number. I think it was like three first. Was it? Does that sound right, B? Yeah, I mean that's just trying to get. I was looking up for the best. Yeah, funny to listen to us. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely remember this the SI cover with like Ricky yeah. Williams in the wedding dress and you know Ditka yes. being married to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was something closer to like. I remember oh, that's being, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, then the, the next big uh, running back move that they made was Reggie Bush. Right. Yeah, they took yeah. Reggie Bush number two after I think Houston took Mario Williams that year, and they took him. And he was like, we always talk about Reggie Williams. He was like born in the wrong era for football. Like they still wanted him to be like carry the ball twenty five times a game, and he was really like more designed for this era of football where it's like he could receive out of the backfield yeah more gadget plays you don't want to run between the tackles 25 times a game you want to give him touches but not you know running but the don't ball you think he was kind of the transition player into that new like he was kind of the one I, i'm not gonna say he pioneered that but like he was kind of the transition from the old school of running back to the new he was at that buffer in between yeah. For sure, but he was so electric in comparison to the ones that have been successful, like a Jamal Charles or like a Priest Holmes, those yeah, guys, true. where you're like, it almost like his talent was like wasted in that transition role where it's like, had he been five years later, we might be talking about like a Hall of Fame level Reggie Bush versus yeah, true. seemingly like a bust of what this guy was. Yeah, because it got us, yeah, it got us talking about it, but I remember the big phrase with him was just in space. Like, he right. kind of coined, like, his presence had people coined it just like, oh, you got to get him the ball, like, in space. Yeah. And, you know, it brought, like, you know, it just, like, it kind of opened the doors. Uh, he was also, like, he had like, that explosive camera. speed, too. Like, that kind of, like, that, um, where if, yeah, he got an open space, you couldn't catch him. Like, he right. was, like, the running back, um, where he, he wasn't even really just doing a lot of ton of juke moves, which he was also great at. Uh, but he had speed, like raw speed. Yeah, yeah. they just couldn't figure. They couldn't figure out how to get him the ball enough. 
The Saints you know, couldn't like figure out a lot space. of things back then. It was like <laughs> yeah, a no lot shit. Of, like, I feel like every Saints podcast has been canceled. If we talk two more minutes about the Saints, this one's getting canceled also. So uh, let's jump into – so Xander uh, is going to guess the over-unders. With us, Xander, we'll both get ours locked in before we say it out loud. Xander hasn't looked at him. I haven't looked at him. Let's go through the four teams most awesome. Yeah, and I, and I did it right this time. The last time I looked at him before, not remembering how yeah. to do this segment. But this time I did not look at them until literally right now because I forgot – to find them before we do it. So <laughs> we're reading that. Are oh. you an asshole? I was like, huh? What? What's That's going on? That's so funny. Yeah. All right. So um, let's lead off. Uh, we'll, we'll kick it off. Let's kick it off with Atlanta. What do we think their over under for wins are this year? Xander, we'll, we'll put you on the spot. Um, they, um, I don't know how much you even want me to t- uh, rationalize why I'm picking this, but uh, well, if, uh, let's hear how insane the number is. If you say fourteen, I'm, then it's just like yes, please. I, no, I'm, all gonna, ears. I'm actually going to say four and a half, and I'm going to say four and a half because their starting quarterback is Marcus Mariota, right? And they Good got point. rid of Hall of Famer Matt Ryan right. for him, and I, they have a backup quarterback situation that's in complete turmoil, and I, I don't. To be honest with you, I know one other player on the Atlanta Falcons that I can name offhand, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, well, I, there's one other, but he'll be doing parlays all this season. So we'll <laughs> right. He'll be Kyle sitting on the sideline. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say four and a half. Uh, okay. okay, this this is interesting. I feel that's that's a little low. Uh, this seems this this division might sneaky be one of the weakest in the actual. Like this is what this I said when I was looking at it. I was like, I don't really like a lot of these teams. Yeah, I was like, I was going through the talent. I was just like, oh, I got to be missing somebody. It's just like, nope. And I was like, all right, on to the next team. And I'm just like, oh, this seems a dumpster fire, also. Right. Um, I don't. I think I'm going to lean towards liking the over on this. Like, I almost want to do it blind. Uh, and Xander, we usually put like one to three Mabby dollars just based on how, or you could put zero if you're not feeling it. Basically. What is that, like a Bitcoin? Like, what is that worth? It is. Like, yeah. yeah. How yeah. much is a, a $30,000? Slightly that, less. That's your commitment I today. Yeah. I didn't bring my checkbook. Uh, <laughs> you guys would have like forewarned me. I, <laughs> I got Atlanta at six and a half. It's hard for me to land this. Like, I think they sneak. I, I always And feel you like would they, take the – if it was six and a half, you would take the over? Yeah, I feel uh, like – I'll it, take you at six and a half right now. Uh, we'll, I don't, we'll see. Like, we'll a see. four of Bitcoin. Uh, everyone no. settle down. <laughs> we'll see where it's at. Um, that right, shit what, just got real on this segment. You're like, I'll yeah. take it now. It's just uh, like, what? There was a $30,000 bet on the last <laughs> episode of the podcast? Um, I had it at six, too, looking at their schedule. I, I only had, like, a couple true wins. Uh, one at home uh, and one on the road at Seattle, but uh, I had six. The number DraftKings I go we go off DraftKings uh, is five, sitting at five. Uh, so we're kind of split uh, right there. Well, Price you know, is Right and, rules. I'm I'm the winner, you, right? You are the winner, right? But yes, by Bob Barker standard, you are the winner. <laughs> uh, yeah, five. And, and you're right. You know, Marcus Mariota is their their quarterback, Manning the helm this year. Uh, has a little crossover with the head coach when he was the offensive coordinator, uh, Arthur Smith at, at Tennessee, when he was still the starter there before Ryan Tannehill took over. Now he's there. I do kind of feel like that this is like a stopgap, right? Like that they're they're kind of in tank mode and they're gonna you know they're gonna look to get a quarterback or their guy and try and restart and build around. Um, you know they they drafted Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, and then maybe if Calvin, Calvin Ridley gets, comes back, they've got a little yeah. better, better of an hey, offense. And that, I, I know you, we were, you guys are saying that division's a dumpster fire, but like if the Falcons still have to beat the other three teams in that dumpster fire, and I don't, yeah, I, saw, I don't know that they can. 
I get it. They definitely I guess... can't beat the books, the the Bucks. Or and I also like I don't know. And I'm biased, but like I, the Saints will destroy the Falcons. They almost always do. So I don't. I, I'm probably. I'm probably not going to bet on this because it could could go that way. I think a great point on if they can be kind of tanking or like you know like really trying to find a way becomes not the type priority. Like that can really you know we've seen that affect the locker room. Like you can just kind of tell teams that don't want to be on the field. And yeah. Atlanta definitely has a chance to be one of those. Uh, I'm just not as low on Mariota as everybody is. Like I don't I get, hate him as a quarterback. I like I get like some of the spots he was at. Like you know when he was uh, you know like Tennessee and. Where, uh, where the fuck was he? The Raiders. The Raiders, the Raiders last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just, like, talent better, and they're always trying to find, like, a way to use him. But it's like, I remember that Tennessee game against the Chiefs. Like, there's a little bit of hustle, like, a little bit of just kind of, like, not, like, dancing around in the pocket, but actually, like, take off with the ball and take a hit that, I don't is, know. Is I think, that the I think game that he threw guys. a pass to himself? To himself, And, like, yeah. on fantasy football, he got, like, yeah. a, a thousand yeah. points or something? I had so much money on that game. <laughs> I, I'm a little higher on them. I'm with you, B, on this one. I'm a little higher on them. I, I, I'm I, tempted to put a Mabby dollar. I'm going to put one. On, on the, here's the thing. They, they, they played way above expectation last year. Yeah. Uh, I think that they – they I think they were, like, 7 and 10 last year drink everybody i don't remember what that was you know i'm gonna actually i I gotta disagree with you i don't think they played above expectation last year i think you know i again they were another one of those favorite sleeper teams that everybody was just like oh this is a long shot to win the division you know Mm -hmm. even like with the bucks in there and they just they constantly underperform there's the constant you know matt ryan interception so let's let's ride mark mark me up for one babby dollar ride with me bro i'll ride with you on this one and i i I was going to say the only thing that is makes me nervous not putting more on this is that one I think they're going to be looking to tank, but two, uh, their defense is still abysmal. They didn't really do much to to change that at all. That's yeah. that's been their biggest knock. So well, I, I, I I like Arthur Smith as a coach, but uh, I think that they're kind of in one more year of of tank mode. Yeah, unlike you, there's plenty of things that make me nervous. Um, <laughs> all right, what's our next team? Let's go. Uh, let's get Carolina out of the way. Great. Ever uh, said Great. by every said by every team that play, plays them this year. <laughs> you want me to go first? Uh, sure, or B, whoever. Yeah, buddy. yeah go for it. Z. Uh, um, I'm gonna set. Uh, I'll say I'll say their over under is probably six after the signing of Baker. Baker Mayfield, interesting. So, do you, do you feel like they're over under moved up or down or stayed the same with the side of the Baker? I think it over Sam Darnold. I think it went up. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Get that, that Baker bump. I would think so. Yeah. I think. <laughs> it's like uh, somehow somehow bumped it by a tenth of a game. You're just right, like, how exactly. is this even possible? <laughs> but he's he's more than a tenth of a game better than Sam Darnold. Oh he, yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. He, yeah. He's he's right now. He's like everybody's like just shitting on him because I mean you know. Uh, him and Cleveland and are on who's the bigger dumpster fire fight. It's like, is it Cleveland or is it Baker Mayfield? And they're just like bickering like an old couple. But Baker Mayfield gets a bad rap. He's still a decent quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. So, you know, we've still got Christian McCaffrey. Again, we're still in this weak-ass division. That hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, like, if there are some guys that give you that vibe that when they have something to prove, they're going to prove it. So if Baker Mayfield actually has that inside of him, like I would yeah. put my money on this dude to actually try to do the, the go fuck you season. Like when he goes to a new team, which has me bumping it by like a half game more than I would. Um, it was tough. I landed at eight. So I'm kind of like, right. Wow. Ooh, that's a, that's, that's a lot more. I had six. 
it's six and a half. Or I, I'm sorry, I had four. It's six and a half. Xander, oh. you win again. Xander, oh, I like, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I think this team six is... Six and a half to me is high. Like, I would take the under on that. Like, I, I honestly, like, that seems really high. It, I, I know we're like that division, but they, they're not going to have an easy route either. Like, they still... We'll, we'll get to this, the Saints and the Bucks, but both those teams should beat Carolina, like, handedly, even yes. with Baker Mayfield. Man. And Christian McCaffrey, is has he ever played a full season? Uh, great not in the last couple seasons. So. Not in the last couple seasons. Um, yeah, and that's that's the big X factor for me. I know they they um, they signed their shit uh, wide receiver Moore, DJ Moore, Moore yeah, DJ, DJ Moore, yeah. And um, but I just think like I think the Matt Rule era is like done. I think that they're fucking over him. They brought in yet another offensive coordinator. They fired Joe Brady last year. Sam Darnold, I don't think has ever had the same offensive coordinator twice in his entire career. They're on now to Ben uh, McAdoo, who, if you guys remember from yeah, the head coach of the Giants, yeah, where he benched, um, he benched he Eli and broke his streak. So I just feel like that. I feel like honestly that Matt Rule is going to be the first coach fired. Um, their bye week is in week thirteen. I don't think he makes it to that. I think he gets fired early. Fucking um, week thirteen bye weeks. Yeah. It doesn't. It just shit. feels like a team that's in real turmoil. Like, it, and, and that doesn't make for really good football. And uh, I don't know. What did what do they do well? Like, define one thing that they do like really well. Maybe Brian yeah, Burns with a pass rush, but I don't. I don't even know that. Right. Yeah, it just seems like there's so much on, you know, once you switch out those quarterback positions. I don't know. Like, this this is an opportunity for me to buy Baker Mayfield at the absolute floor. And I want sure. one Mabby dollar on the over. What would you say Say it was? Six and a half? It is six and a half, yeah. Yeah, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. Give me one. Mark me up for one Mabby dollar on the over. On the over. All right. Um, we'll, we'll save the our guests fan favorite for the end so let's go with tampa bay next <laughs> tampa bay everyone loves tampa bay i mean quietly like is tampa bay america's team like just, uh, since it's, tom, the, it's the rams right now since tom brady got there i don't know man Everybody everyone's seems pretty like, yeah everyone's into tampa brady right now <laughs> really digging it people waiting by to see it uh, yeah, let's so, see, you first? if if yeah, I can go first again. I mean, it seems like I always do, so you can change your number. Um, I'll go first. You know what? I knew, I knew you were going to fucking say that. I'll go first. I'm going first for the next two. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, the Bucks coming back. I have the over-under at 11.5. I feel it's a little low, but hopefully. Uh, like... mine's, mine's similar. Uh, it, to me, it's just like kind of – I kind of – I always try to think about like how Vegas is going to react, and so they know the public's going to be on the over on Tampa yeah. Bay. And so I think that's an I, that's going to be an inflated number, and I so I I think it's like twelve and a half. That's smart. I, yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. That's why I thought it was a little higher too, just because everyone. But that's another one to like fade that team or like take the under because yeah, it's got, like, the public will be so heavy on the over on that. Yeah, right. it's got to be like a like a top five season long bet. People just love throwing money down on yeah. just that that yeah. over. Uh, I had twelve. Came in Bing hit it on the or Bing Brandon hit it on the head eleven and a half. Nice. nice. Yeah, I, I here's the thing that they could very easily, depending on New Orleans, they could run the table, and that's six wins right there. 
right out of the game. I don't think they can run the table on New Orleans. Again, I'm biased, but they they don't beat that defense. They just never do. Defense is their only thing. Their defense yeah. is their only thing, and they play they play them early on the road, second game of the season. So that's probably New Orleans' best shot to yeah. beat them. And then they get them two weeks after a bye week at, in week 13. So and that's so that's I mean your best shot is game two. That's 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 the Saints' best shot of beating the. The I mean, think, th- think about the last two years is the Bucks did not beat the Saints. They they could. In fact, uh, the only shutout Tom Brady has had since he's been at Tampa Bay is against the New Orleans Saints. He didn't score. He didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, right. They actually didn't score a point. It's right. that defense has his number. It's like uh, it's weird. Even when he played for the Patriots, you have to give us something for the podcast, Andrew. Because as soon as I edit out all the biased New Orleans Saints stuff, like we're not going to hear your voice. People are going to be like, "Was there?" I know. I know this sounds like I'm biased, but there's been plenty of years. It's exactly what it sounds like. You say it, it doesn't remove it. But when I can, I can sit here and be like, "Oh my God, I'm going to fucking cry for the next like 16 games." Like I could easily. There's been plenty of years where I was going to do that too. But I, I don't know. I have a lot of hope. Uh, I I still would take the under on that eleven and a half. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to stay away from it because there's just too many variables. Is Gronk yeah. coming back? Like, is Brady I don't think gonna... Gronk's coming back, and that's that's a big question mark too. Because then you've got Godwin coming back off the knee injury. You know, they signed Russell Gage away from the Atlanta Falcons, who yeah. I actually really kind of like. Um, yeah. Offensively, I think they're going to be good. They've still got a few question marks. Again, are they going to be able to stay healthy? I mean, if 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 Tom Brady like has a Bernard Pollard situation, this is, you know, this team is over. You know what Which I mean? Also, don't you kind of have to think that Tom Brady has a little bit of like that, like, I'm kind of done. Like, he fake retired last year. Yeah. And then it's like, but he's like, all right, I'll do one more. Well, I feel like we saw that in the Rams game. Like, the Rams game was the first time in a long time where it's just like, yes. you could see him digging deep in that playoff game, and he couldn't get it. Like, he looked defeated. You remember he had, like, that bloody mouth and everything? And yeah. it's just like... That's why it made sense. It's just like, oh shit! Like he, Tom Brady kind of looks done. Well, he also was feuding with Arians too. So that was and now Arians has moved on to the the, the front office and Todd, <laughs> yeah. moved on. A nice way to be like exactly. shoved out the back fucking door. Exactly. Todd Bowles is now the head coach. They keep kind of all their their coaching staff pretty much in line. So yeah, but I, it's also too. It's like you have a veteran quarterback probably in his last season and a brand new head coach. Like, how well can that team really do? Like that's to me, I, I don't know. You guys have like a statistician over there at your at you know uh, Mab headquarters. Why don't you have them crunch the numbers and see like how often that's like a veteran quarterback? Beep up, beep up, beep up. I don't know, no, not much. Uh, no head coach and, like, uh, drink everybody. Yeah, drink everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of new head coaches, let's move over to one. Ooh, I like that segue. One, one uh, are, are you putting? Are you putting I'm Mabby staying away. I'm saying I'm staying I'm away. Saying, okay, Saints, let's do it. I'll go first. Um, not excited about this team. I'll let Xander handle that. Yeah, yeah right. Um, my, don't, don't, I think don't my number is going to be offensive to Xander. Yeah. Uh, I have it right here. I mean, you know, Jameis Winston, excited to watch. You know, it's just like the – not going to get control, but it'll be good. Alvin Kamara, like still one of the best in the games. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see these guys without Sean Payton for the first time. And how long was he there? 13 years? Yeah. Years. Um, I have it at eight and a half, just kind of like right in the middle. Ooh, that's that's a good one. Um, Xander, you want to give your – I'll give my number. In respect to Xander, um, I had this very low. I had him at six and a half. I yeah, I, you were right. I am offended by that. I get – it's just – it's kind of the ease of the division 
honestly. Yeah. Like, you throw this team in the, you know, I mean, it's cheesy to say it, but you put them in the AFC West or something, then it's just like, I, I'm, I'm seeing the six and a half number, but I see Falcons wins, I see Panthers wins. What do you got, Xander? I, I think Vegas probably has them right in the middle. Like, they'll still be like a 500 team. So probably eight, eight and a half, maybe. I would probably say eight. But uh, they it should be – I would say – I would actually put money that they win 10 games. And I – because mostly because I'm a fan, I look through their schedule, and I'm like, well, they can win that game. They can win that game. And I think a lot of why people are – in the public and even Vegas, why they're like kind of sour on New Orleans is that – Jameis Winston's like an unproven entity. In fact, he's proven yes. kind of the other yes. way. Yes, that's exactly why they are. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. 30 <laughs> INTs, exactly. Yeah. We don't yeah, like But that was when he was playing for Bruce Arians, whose motto was no risk it, no biscuit. And when he that's came true. and played for Sean Payton, those games he played for him, he was much more under control. I don't know how many interceptions offhand he threw. I think it was like one or two. And uh, A game. He played great. <laughs> Wait, yeah, game. what What was not the transition? So, like, he got he got injured two years ago, and a year after that they were trying to roll Taysom Hill out there to start, like this well, fucking he, thing that no. Sean Payton couldn't get over. No, he got, he no. got injured this year, J- or last year. Jameis backed up Drew. Jameis Winston backed up Drew Brees, like, his first year in New Orleans. And he sat – he did the clipboard thing. Like, he sat with a clipboard, and it's like – and I don't know, this is like a thing when Sean Payton was there, and I know he's not there anymore, but they say that's like going to quarterback college. Like, he yeah. took Drew Brees and, like, made him Drew Brees. Sure. Maybe, yeah. Like, I mean, Terry Bridgewater played great when he was there. Like, Teddy Bridgewater went 5-1 and one while he played for the Saints. And, and those were not easy games. Threw 30 interceptions with the football and still somehow threw five with the clipboard. Five <laughs> INTs with the clipboard. Amazing. Wait, I don't know how you do that. Pete, what, did you, what, did you say your, what did you say your number was? I didn't hear what you said. You said it was eight? I said it's probably eight or eight and a half. It's gotcha. probably like half. Eight. And then, Brandon, what did you say? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. And it was it was eight. Did I tell you that? Yeah. It's eight. Yeah, yeah it's eight. I mean, you you yeah. had it at six. Yeah, I had I would, six and a half. I would, put it, I, would bet they, I would bet they win ten games. I will bet whatever your Mavi dollars are. How, how many do I have for coming on the show? What do you guys pay me? How many Mavi dollars? You have you have three Mavi dollars. You have three Mavi dollars for coming on the show. I'll put them all that they go over uh, over eight games. Over That's eight. not just uh, a fan talking. I mean, it is, but right, yeah. I have, uh, I'm not. I'm gonna stay away from this. There's too many. There's too many variables for me. That's all sports. Come on, get in the game. Yeah, yeah. I. No, I, I I hate Dennis Allen as a head coach. He's now their their head coach. I do yeah. not like him. I think he's a bad head coach. He's a great defensive coordinator, but when it comes time to organize it all, it's going to be wishy-washy. Uh, you're right. Jameis was actually very good, very reserved. I looked it up. You're right. Three INTs in seven games. Jameis Winston, much more controlled. But that was with Sean Payton. Sure. Now Sean Payton's gone. Why, is Dennis Allen going to have the same quarterback oh, yeah. college and, and all the other stuff? How, long, how long has he been coaching under – under Sean Payton, though, and you know, like this happened to how many head coaches where they were a defensive head coach and they were kind of like when they became a head coach, they were shitty and got dragged, and then when they came back, they were good. I there, I bet there's that Belichick is one. Belichick was like Belichick terrible when he was, yeah. Pete, Pete Carroll is another one. Yeah, um, that, but that, doesn't that happen a lot? So sh- shouldn't that kind of trend the other way? Like I, it, it should. A defensive coach who was kind of disgraced as a head coach. Now let's, let's apply the Baker Mayfield model. You have something to prove. Speaking of, speaking of defensive, Xander, thanks for getting on the pod, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. No, though. My big question mark is, you know, um, 
for them is Trevor Penning, their offensive tackle. I, you know, I think their defense, you're right. Their defense is stellar. You know, they, they, they lose Malcolm Jenkins. He retires. You know, they fill him with Tyron Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, I do like, you know, a little bit of the Louisiana flair coming back. Jarvis Landry coming in there. Is Michael Thomas going to play? This is yeah, another big I, question. I, I, I mean, he's is he going to be happy. He sure is. Yeah. And, yeah, and he looks going. like he looks because think about that receiving squad for the last like three years. Like, you know, who was the who was wide receiver one on the team last year? It kept flipping it. it now that he's back and he's the definitive wide receiver one and now they have Landry as a number two and this rookie they drafted out of Ohio yeah, State. Love it. he's great he's like yeah. great no I only know because like I, sometimes I like you know I like to do a little scouting and check out their Instagram sure sure, sure right yeah exactly I can catch a football. <laughs> uh, all right guys we want to thank Xander for coming on the pod episode 227 MVPs of the week real fast we'll hit it uh, who do you got most awesome I'm gonna go with Zach Wilson what a what a win! What a <laughs> win! A closer. Uh, I'm actually giving. I'm throwing my MVP to Chet Holmgren. You know, wasn't excited about this guy when he was just like, "Oh, who's the best in the league?" Me, like talking. Started watching videos a little bit. Like this guy's squirrely. This guy's gonna get some fights, and it's just like he's kind of showing up and playing. I know it's summer league, so he can't really invest any stock in that. But I'm I'm really interested to see how this guy's career shape up because I think regardless, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Xander, any MVP you want to shout out real fast? Yeah, I want to say Kevin Durant because even though he lost in the first round, he still dominated the sports news cycle, like right now because it, like letting everybody know he wants to be traded out of kind of the shitty situation he created, and yeah. all that's all everybody talks about. Yeah, huge swing and a miss. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Xander, thank you, brother. Thanks thank for you, guys. On. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to come back on like the next time you guys want to hear about the NFC South. Yeah, okay, absolutely. We'll you on. We're like gonna genders. we're gonna we're gonna bring you back after the season. I want to see. Your, I want to hear about this ten win season that's coming. Yeah, coming the through. next time the Saints win two games in a row, we'll have you right back on, uh, guys. I am Brandon. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome uh, podcast audience. If uh, if I've learned anything, is is that uh, when I'm in New Orleans, I need to keep my Saints opinions to myself. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.